This week, let's start with Liberia, the governor uh, attracting major investments for fishing industry, it seems. Well, good morning, Safiso. Very encouraging signs for George Weyer. Remember, he hasn't been making many headlines, except the controversial decision he took to award a special recognition to his former coach, Arsene Wenger. But $100 million in revamping the fishing pier in Monrovia, the capital, that's a very good boost for a small country like that. $100 million investment is something very, very encouraging. RLJ Group, I'm not sure if it's the same company in Maryland in the U.S., but it looks like it is because of the strong relationships between America and, and, and Liberia. But as I say, $100 million at once in an investment is encouraging, especially because it shows the multilateral collaboration, including the governments of Japan and Kenya agreeing in principle to bring a company that will produce motorized fishing boats. That's the kind of intra-Africa trade that we need, and I like the fact that it's not just all China. But as I say, since taking over a year ago, less than a year ago actually, because the elections only happened in October, George Weyer seems to be getting a hold of the economy. It's a long way for him to fix the economy that's been ravaged by inaction during the times of Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, although she's credited with turning it around from the conflict. Mm. And uh, on Nigeria and the World Bank, and mm. I want to understand exactly what is being said directly here. I know yeah. they, the World Bank is saying that fintechs are key to reducing poverty and yeah. supporting sustainable growth, but what specifically are they saying about Nigeria? Well, the- they are talking about fintech. Remember fintech, which is, if you like, a cross between financial technology and banking. Traditionally, banks are buildings that you have to go to open a bank account. Whereas the arrival of mobile phone technology in specific terms made access very important. So strengthening access in rural areas or in communities that are congested, making cross-border or international trade possible. They are just saying this. They are saying it, obviously, at their meeting, annual meeting in Bali, Indonesia, where they were meeting with the IMF, IMF World Bank, obviously, collaborating. But what they are saying is the communities that are able to do this, especially if it's financing for women and for micro and small and medium enterprises, could use fintech as long as it's done responsibly. Because remember, global terrorism is a problem. So Nigeria, as you know, strong on entrepreneurship, more than 180 million people. MSMEs, as we call them, are likely to benefit from this. But I guess what they are doing as development finance institutions and multilateral organizations, they are saying, let's take control of this because we have, on the one hand, the pressure to promote access, but at the same time, considering things like Boko Haram that are financed using transfers of money that use fintech, you have to balance the, 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 the chase of access and inclusiveness and safety and accountability. So let's stay in Nigeria, Victor, with the Abia pipeline explosion. Terrible story there. Yeah. Is there any indication of the death toll at the moment? Yeah, that's the conflict now between the traditional rulers and the government, the federal government, the NEMA, the agency that's responsible for that. The, the people, obviously people are saying over 25, 24 people that have died. This explosion took place last week. First of all, 
the traditional rulers council are putting the figure at 150 obviously that's people given to exaggeration but you can't say that because they can say we live with the community so we know at the same time the official death toll was not as high as that but the important thing is they are also this is the traditional rulers accusing the government of not acting on the leaky pipes remember nigeria has always had problems of oil bunkering which is where people literally go to an oil pipe punch a hole in it if i may simplify it and start siphoning it and selling it so they're accusing the agency the security forces that instead of helping and moving and closing down these kinds of leaks some of them were selling that oil so that's a matter of corruption mm. in authorities there it's not a new problem there have people been uh, amend the organization that's been fighting for the emancipation of the Niger Delta. Some have been accused of blowing up these pipes to try and get a fair deal for the Nigerians because generally the communities of Nigeria, the rural communities of Nigeria, the Niger Delta communities are saying, you are taking the oil out and we're still suffering. You have compromised right. our environment and our agriculture. So it's, it's one of those things that the government is going to take a very long time to fix. All right. Thanks, uh, Victor. Victor Homoswana is author and director of uh, Africa is open for business.